G'day, Michael Simonetti. He's the CEO of And Mine, which is a digital agency specializing in uh, digital marketing, website design, search engine op- optimization. If you want to step in, Michael, and, and add some more about what you do, then then please feel free. But it's great to have you, Michael, and uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about today. Thanks, Piers. Great to be on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can add all the fluffy digital you know, keywords if you want, but uh, I think that's a pretty good introduction. You know, you and I have talked a little bit recently about the, the incredibly quick changes that have affected the whole planet in the last uh, month or, or, or really since late last year, if you, if you include the source of, of COVID-19 being China. But in Australia, it's really all been in the last month. And a lot of businesses are hurting. A lot of people are adjusting to very changed circumstances and, and having to work from home and somehow balance home life and kids and distractions and things that can interfere with productivity at home. So I thought that you know a few things to talk about would be you know how do you adapt to this new paradigm and part of that for many people is working from home uh, and, and being more isolated. The business climate has changed and I was going to ask you, uh, uh, Michael, if you know, what, what are you saying to your clients? What kind of conversations are you having? And, and uh, I know that a word that you've used with me is adapt. How do people do that? And, and give me some uh, advice from your point of view as a person who's in the digital space and involved in marketing for a whole range of businesses uh, right around Australia and the, and the world. Yeah, adapt is one of the words that people are using. Pivot, um, you know, how entrepreneurs are handling these environments. I think all of those uh, types of words, I mean, I don't necessarily love those terms, but um, definitely there's been change. You know, the the organizations and companies that we work with, there has been just monumental shifts that have happened in the last few weeks. Things that people, you know, ideally never thought were going to be possible or from from the very, very small you know, the funny one that I heard is the, uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen it or heard it, uh, you know, I guess this uh, this meeting could have been an email anyway, that meme that's going around. I quite like that. I think it sums up the, the levity of the, you know, a, a little bit of levity that, that talks to the fact that we were doing so much, working so hard, and um, now everyone's being able to critically assess both their businesses and they have uh, uh, either this as an opportunity or a huge challenge. Either way, things are going to change dramatically. Uh, how we're talking to our clients or how I am, there's a lot of, you know, really urgent, uh, you know, what do we do? How do we do it? How do we, uh, you know, people looking at uh, what are the opportunities, but also looking at how do we maintain and, and have this consistency of our business through this time. Um, and then it's juggling, you know, Government uh, uh, government changes and what they're providing, as well as how the, how does the framework fit for each of the different industries that we work in? So obviously retail, entertainment, restaurants, those sort of things. You know they're going to take they're taking the biggest hit, um, and some of them are able to transition into doing some stuff very very quickly. And uh, you know, we think uh, the conversations we're having help and assist, um, making sure organisations and companies can transition well because, you know, we're marketers and, and we're uh, advertisers and in the digital space where most people are spending a lot of time at the moment, uh, you know, we know how those uh, those engines work. So we are able to provide advice, but at the same time, I mean, you see incredible, uh, uh, you know, leadership and, um, you know, thinking from uh, from owners um, to be able to quickly move and quickly change. From gyms, 
offering online Pilates to restaurants, getting into the takeaway business. Uh, a lot of places are now delivering. Uh, sporting clubs are utilising their restaurants to say, okay, well, we can't we can't operate as a sporting club because of uh, you know isolation rules, but uh, we can use that. We can keep some people employed by by pivoting into being a takeaway food provider, you know, mm. or, or food, food deliverer. So there's, it's bringing out a great uh, spirit of entrepreneurialism in, in a lot of people, which is, which is kind of, a, you know, if there's an upside to all this, that's, that's part of that upside, uh, you know, really bringing the best out in people and, and also people being generous with each other. And I think this, this idea, which seems to be pretty widespread, that if there's losses and if there's pain and, and economic pain, then that the, the, maybe the best way of dealing with that is to share it around as evenly and equitably as possible. And you know, you you probably be aware that recently there's been talk about commercial tenancies and how it's landlords, it's it's local government, it's tenants, uh, where possible, all sharing uh, the the load there, rather than one party on its own being being left to carry the the the, the damage. Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of really good ideas and that's why the conversations that we're having with businesses is to help hone those ideas. But, you know, we're not coming up with every idea. You know, business owners themselves are the entrepreneurs. They figure out a lot of this stuff and then we have conversations how to amplify those things digitally. But you're right, there's there's a lot of... uh, fast change that's happening you know things that are coming down stepping down from government that uh, are going to assist i think there's you know widespread community support and uh, camaraderie you know camaraderie around these ideas and people doing the right thing um but we, we're these are all systems you know everything that's happened before uh covid i think covid's a really huge uh turning point or wake up call or opportunity whatever however you want to see it um i'm an optimist so i look at things and say okay well there's there's a silver lining there's a there's something in this that's beneficial and um i think that rapid change in the adaptability of people is showing that uh and you know Overall, you want to see uh, you want to see things come out as a positive. But if you look back before, I think businesses were always pushing, always on the on the red line, and, and trying to make things work really well. And a lot of people were under pressure as well beforehand. So this comes at a very very uh, tough time. Uh, you know, it's sort of the it's 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 not the the straw that broke the camel's back, but it's it's one of those just big things that tipped it over, and um, and so now everyone gets to reevaluate and find a way through that is uh, that could be more beneficial for everybody. But I look at the system that was there before, and this is an organically grown system that smart people have put together, economists and business and the marketplace, you know, government. Everybody has been involved in a system that developed before this to get up to that point. And the failure or massive change in that system that you're seeing now, on the other side of that, from a big picture perspective is, well, what do we do? And and you can see a lot of organizations looking at ways that they can take advantage of uh, of the change. And it will redefine the landscape. Again, we're we're throwing new organic ideas and smart ideas at this, um, both from business, both from, uh, from government and socially. All of those things will end up in the mix. And uh, I'm confident on the other side of this that there's going to be some positive change. It's almost like I, I try to have a, a day where I just don't read anything about COVID-19 and don't look at the 
who website where there's the you know the tally of, of you know the, the cases around the world and, and the number of, of new deaths all that sort of stuff can really drag you down and I think it, it is a really important part of surviving this change is is keeping positive and and looking forward and looking to uh, good things that can come out of this rather than negative things because there are plenty of negative things unfortunately just take me through I mean I'm not asking you to name any specific companies but you know, because you deal with a really broad range of businesses and you help them out with their digital marketing. So you mentioned restaurants. Which which businesses do you think are going to thrive in these circumstances? Which ones are going to pivot most easily? Which businesses are best to be in in the circumstances we've now got? Look, it's a really hard call. Um, I would say that there would have been catastrophic change if the government had a st- hadn't have stepped in with the JobKeeper policy here in Australia. I think that is a, a stroke of genius in terms of move that keeps people off uh, you know, unemployment lines and helps us build a bridge between now and what happens after this. You know, the, the timeline is being restructured daily in terms of how long this goes for. Um, you know, everyone's looking at data, everyone's looking at information and misinformation online, uh, and no one's quite sure about how this plays out yet. You know, we're seeing models that can work and some ideas that, that sort of are starting to take shape, but we're in the very, very early days of this. So, you know, companies that have, uh, have shifted well uh, are the ones that are shifting fast and trying things fast because you don't know uh, what ideas are going to work. Like any marketing is about putting ideas out in the marketplace and seeing what what works. Um, obviously, the ones that can do well very, very easily are ones that we're, we're our clients that have products that people need because of a direct result of this. And that is, you know, we've got clients in the health food industry, uh, in pharmaceuticals, in, in uh, products that are in grocery and pharmacy that uh, that people really want. And those, those products have, you know, obviously... Uh, exploded in terms of growth and uh, you know it's very easy for those organizations to do well Um, the tear down from that is you know there's some there's some challenge you know like how are people responding to products uh, for their home or gifts or uh, you know things that they would normally do to celebrate birthdays and and uh, life events and those type of things so Mm. those clients are, are going okay well this is in particular retail look at retail retail is a massive industry in australia and our retail clients obviously no one's walking through their doors i mean as soon as this started happening we were talking to them about guys you you know you've had a a digital presence for a long time we've been working on that together now it's time to go instead of looking at at digital as a 10 percent or 20 percent play or 30 percent play it's now time to look at it as a hundred percent play for a while uh Mm. and that there's there's no way around that i mean they're extremely lucky in Australia that um, couriers and Australia Post and everyone's still delivering um, and they've got the capability to deliver products themselves. Uh, And that retail sector has uh, enormous opportunity around understanding how digital works. I mean, I think everyone's being thrown in to digital, be it, you know, your mum and dad starting to use uh, Google Hangouts or Zoom or Skype um, for the first time and, and, you know, working out how to do that with their friends to stay in touch. That's the uh, that's the baseline, you know, that shows you that people are going to be in the digital uh, environment. And then how do you know how much of a consistency around people buying products, those type of products is going to continue. So that's happening. 
You know, you're seeing people and we're seeing people transact more and more and more online. And the quicker you can move into that space from a, uh, a sales perspective, the better. And our clients that worked on that first, it's not like you can flick the switch from 20, 30% digital to 100% digital overnight. There's a number of technical challenges to get that right uh, and to improve those environments. It could be as simple as improving the call to action buttons or the buy now buttons or how the cart works on their website to handle the new environment. And we've seen all of our clients in that space work very, very fast to make and adjust those changes to be able to catch that new audience. So that, yep. I would say that's the middle tier. You know, retail is a very good example of that tier uh, that needs to change. And again, now you're talking about how do we massage that, uh, uh, those organizations through this, through this period. And again, it's not us, it's, it's a collaboration. You know, we're assisting in the digital part, the marketing part or the functional part of their websites, but they have to understand how their products roll out into marketplace, which ones are going to be popular uh, and which ones are feasible in this environment. You know, more people working from home desks, furniture, chairs, uh, office equipment, all of that stuff is, is paramount to be able to transition through this period for those uh, for individuals. So the customers have already got a need that is outside of, you know, the rush stuff, toilet paper, food, you know, um, the, the things where the clients that we have in those spaces are just going to do well anyway. Um, and then you've got the third tier. This is the, uh, the restaurant, the entertainment, the, uh, the face-to-face stuff, the sit-down and meet uh, uh, things. And as you said, that switch into, okay, takeaway, home delivery. Some, uh, or some companies are going to be or some uh, places are going to be very, very good at doing that. Some of it's a, it's a huge challenge still, you know, because they might not sit demographically in a place where, where that would even be considered. Or, um, so they've got to shift even more dramatically and and figure out ways to find audiences that they don't have or they haven't reached before in their local environment so companies in that area you know you sort of put them in two tiers the ones that sort of had a good following and had a social media following and had a good presence online maybe were already doing some takeaway had some apps that were connected to uh to uber eats and those sort of things um and we're doing volumes there that now have increased because if you look at the uptick versus down tick of restaurants versus takeaway the search volumes have switched from 90% to 10% the other way around. You know, you're seeing yep. this enormous interest in takeaway food because we live in a country that has, you know, some wealth, especially around, you know, people do have the ability to still live a, a lifestyle that isn't completely locked down. You know, one, two meals a week, uh, some people more, some people none, um, less a week through takeaway, that works. But again, smart people in those organizations are like, well, we've got... Uh, we give 30% of our money to Uber, Uber Eats, and uh, that's a huge chunk, especially when every single dollar counts at the moment. So, mm. you know, the grassroots stuff that's happening on, on those side, you know, the, the restaurant owners that I know, they're like, well, how do we do this direct? You know, how do we quickly leverage our EDM database, our social media database, our website traffic to explain to people that we are here, that we are doing, uh, you know, takeaway and pickup, um, and home delivery, but we can do it direct because they have staff. And, and again, amazingly, the government has supported the JobKeeper policy here. So it's making those things feasible. Michael, you've, you've talked about businesses that had 30% of their, their business uh, digital and online through online sales. Uh, and and the, rest, the balance of their business was through, you know, out of a, a shop front, for example, or out of a restaurant or by a sort of more conventional 
means and those businesses now are having to suddenly go from 30% to 100% online to survive the social isolation and the fact that uh, that group meetings are being uh, severely uh, in- inhibited by government regulation by necessity uh, what does a business have to do to go from 30% to 100% how how easy is that to achieve what what sort of issues need to be dealt with so so just to clear up like okay 30% is just a, a figurative yeah sure okay, sure so the, the percentages are probably more like 0% or 1% or 2% then maybe there's businesses at 5% or 10%, um, you know, all the way up to 30%. Some businesses were already transacting 100% online, pure digital businesses, and they've also dropped. So the, the scale isn't, uh, uh, you know, don't, we can't point at one number and say, okay, well, restaurant or, or a, a retail outlet had 30% online. You know, that's just one percentage for maybe a few companies. But um, the, question's still, the, the question's still valid, you know, like how do you scale up? And the number one factor by far is obviously going to be bums on seats, foot traffic. You know, who's coming? Where's the actual traffic coming from that is going to purchase your product uh, or service? And that is a, a standard uh, challenge for all businesses. You know, where is your client base? Uh, you know, how to, how to get eyeballs on them and how to bring them through the door. Now, before you bring them through the door, you've got to have the shop front set up. So the organizations that are already online, transacting online, look, even if their shop is not perfect or their e-store is not perfect or their website is not perfect, it doesn't take much just to tweak that. And that's the immediate changes that we saw. Everybody quickly uh, adjusted their site, their e-store, their website, their social pages to explain what the, op- you know, what the new service or, or product offering is and how that worked. Um, from there, it's, okay, well, what access and what can we leverage in terms of our audience already? Can we send out an EDM, an email, and let everybody know? Uh, do we have a good social presence? Do we have a huge following? Do we have a lot of support? You know, uh, how, how is our digital community, how strong is it? And how well can we get them to, uh, to support us? And I think there's a great, uh, you know, uh, community slash uh, support movement out there. You see restaurants posting things and, Everybody jumping on saying, yep, I'm going to support, I'm going to go there, you know, I'm supporting my uh, uh, local places as much as I can with, uh, with little, you know, little purchases here and there just to keep them transacting and, and build the bridge between now and later. Yep. But that's the big question and that's the number one thing that we're answering for our, for our, our clients is what's the quick change you can make uh, that gets you transacting? Then how do you bring a reasonable enough volume into that uh, e-store shop front online shop front um and from there it's refinement you know so if you've got enough volume in traffic and uh, you've got a reasonably functional uh website pathway then or e-store pathway or social pathway um then it's just amplification and then you're back into the realm of whether you were at a hundred percent with us before or one percent with us before um our job is to amplify those numbers and then that discussion has two fa- two main parts to it. Uh, where a lot of people look at is, well, what is the cash flow? What am I making? How am I doing this in terms of numbers? What are the logistics? Um, and what what am I putting to, to, to make sure that that is, that is as successful as possible? Logistics-wise, what we're recommending to everybody is keep it simple. You know, if you had 100 products before, how do you, what are the top five? 
you know, focus on those because people don't want complexity in any level of marketing, whether before or after this. Uh, you know, you, you may have the breadth of, of products or, you know, coffees or furniture or, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Now people are after simplicity. Quick, this is the place I go to get that thing or those couple of things, right? That makes uh, the whole value of the bringing traffic and uh, uh, increasing the volume, scaling the volume of traffic coming to those places easier because the next part of it, the second part of it is how do you market? How do you amplify your marketing? Yep. There, everybody has to be sensitive to the climate. You know, I've, the number of businesses that I see on social and advertising putting out the same marketing message because they believe, well, we've got a product that people still want and they can go about it the same way is ludicrous. Like, and you have to understand the sensitivity of the social change here and, and what people are experiencing and what they're going through. And unless there is a adjustment for that, it, marketing will come off badly. Yeah, right. That's, that's the immediate challenge is marketing is done on people buy things because they need it, but also because they have an emotional connection to the marketing or the campaign or the product. If those things haven't shifted to the sensitivity of this, you're, you're, you're almost out of business because, again, the number, every client that we have, that's the first conversation we're having is how are we changing the tone of voice and the communication mm. to be reasonable about this? And the number of, I'm sure everybody has got a corporate email from a company that you just go, I can't even believe that they're sending this. This is just almost rubbish. Yep. You know, how they're, how, they're, how they're protecting all their contingency plans are in place for this. It's such an enterprise level thing to do. And it just puts, not only does it put people to sleep, it frustrates them. Mm. Whereas, you know, people are just are looking for that, uh, that camaraderie, you know, that, yeah. that yep. you know, the, the line that everyone's using is we're in it together. Okay, how? Yeah. How are we in it together? What are you doing? Even if you've got the perfect product for people in this environment, how are you positioning it? So people know that it's not just a money grab mm. because it can't be a money grab. It has to be, yes, you want to keep your business going. Yes, the community will support you and the, and the customers will support you to do that because people want people employed. People want uh, uh, continuity of businesses and services. But that continuity comes at that level of sensitivity of being able to say it the right way. Yeah, I agree. It's and it's it's very interesting when you you know whenever you come across, you know whether it's some someone justifying that oh you know we've we've had a general meeting and we've decided that we're going to reduce your the, instead of there being a two percent increase uh, this year over last year we've gone back to the old one and you're kind of left thinking to yourself gee two percent's nothing you know uh, mm. just just that sensitivity that's uh, that's required around this and understanding that uh, you know obviously people's belts are uh, having to be tightened so it's much more of a value proposition that they're needing to be given you're listening to beyond infinity, infinity. infinity. so you've mentioned you know what businesses can do and how they're having to pivot towards digital because that that's required at the moment 
can you give me some examples? Because I think this is where there's kind of a, a need to inspire people. Can you give me an example of, uh, or examples where you know there's been great innovation or, or imagination or lateral thinking that you've come across recently, which illustrates not just pivoting from a sort of um, from how you get your stuff out there and how you sell to more online, but but also what it is you're offering. So innovation, imagination, and lateral thinking. Look. Let me tie this into, let me, let me segue this into something that I want to get mm. into, um, which is what's the long-term benefit for your company or organization? Um, you, see, you don't see a lot of it, right? You see necessary pivoting or necessary change that people are making. Yep. And then the urgency of maintaining cash flow and numbers because it's just so paramount it's not a it's not a negative and it's not something that i'm critiquing i'm just saying that is what's happening the first thing that organizations do including mine is protect cash flow protect the continuity of service because otherwise you don't have a business but you've got to balance that you've got to balance that with um the opportunity to build trust for your organization because as soon as you lose trust that's a massive problem right? and that trust can go out the window in a second with a bad ad or a bad communication um, that the, the pushback is just you know you just put it into people's minds that you're not a company that you're just a company that's trying to survive at all costs and you don't care mm. about the overarching community and, and the and the connection of people between this mm. so uh an example that I've seen is of someone of people doing it well is when they have a, a excellent business. So let's say, uh, you know, the, the the thing that we're talking about before gyms and sports and and those uh, those things. Um, like obviously that's changed overnight. Like that, the, you you can't go to a dance studio and do a, a a class or a dance class or a Pilates class or a gym session. So how are those people uh, reaching out? Okay, well they're providing zoom sessions or or google hangout sessions for the same service and that's that's good that's continuity of of service but and and you know i'm sure that all the people that have prepaid their uh, fees are happy to do that but what you know where they're missing is this is a scalable opportunity you know if you're giving out that class to people that have paid look at giving out that class to people that haven't paid to, to widen your audience and to allow people to come into something that, you know, maybe they don't have the two-way conversation, maybe they just get the content and they can sit there and do the dance and see if in future they want to do those classes. So there's a huge marketing opportunity where you're, put, you're providing and generating content in a digital landscape that's entirely scalable, so give it out more, give it out more for free, be able to uh, promote your business in that way and build that uh, authority and that trust around that content. Mm. That is what I'm not seeing enough mm. of. I see it little bits. You do see it a little bit and you think, wow, that's, that's fantastic because these, these organizations are providing a, a benefit. And I know it's challenging because, and now I'm thinking about my clients that are doing some of this, but I think they can be doing more of this. And we're pushing our clients to look at building that trust. Um, yep, yep. I don't want to. I don't want to point fingers at, at, at anyone or, or talk about that in more detail because it is an extremely challenging balancing act yeah, sure. for organisations sure. to sure. play. Yep. You know, and I think that part of that is that at giving something is 
because often people have prepaid things. Often people have made a financial commitment to something which they're now not getting. And so the obvious thing that they're asking themselves is, you know, how do, do I ask for a refund effectively or do I, pro, do I ask for a prorated refund for, for the duration of while I can't get that service? Uh, or do I, am I inclined to leave what I've paid in place and accept some of the other things that they're offering me? So, so in the case of the gym, they're giving me online Pilates classes that I or my, my wife can, can, can enjoy uh, or my kids can do to sort of you know, lessen the load of being stuck at home. Those are the sort of things that, that are making people feel better about, about commitments or, or um, benefits that they've paid for that they're not actually receiving at the moment. You know? So that's part of that strategy yeah, yeah. is, is holding on to, yeah. holding on to uh, people's faith, you know, keeping, keeping the, uh, that's it. And, and preventing people saying, okay, well, look, I, I do need a refund. You know, I'm not getting what I paid for. It's not possible. And do it. Yeah. And do it, you know, like even if there is an altruistic, you know, um, I just think there's a, a reasonable level of altruistic benefit here that, that you can, you can, if you can hold your business together, give away as much as possible as mm. well. Because that, that trust, look at the, look at the, uh, you know, you know, my daughter, she does a dance, she's in a dance school. They're not a client of ours. So, you know, I can critique them as much as <laughs> I want. Um, she, you know, the classes sort of didn't work the first week, sort of worked the second week, and there's challenges, you know, like the, the quality of that product is not the same. Mm, sure. So I'm happy to pay for it. You know, I'm happy to continue to pay for it if, if she's doing the class. Mm. But I'd love to see that school um, and schools like it give it to all of her friends for free that weren't in the class mm. because how are those friends staying in contact with each other? Mm. And, you know, kids are starting to work out. They can get on their parents' phone and, and do Skype calls and all, all sorts of things. But... Now the activities uh, are an opportunity for, for those organizations to promote themselves to an, an enormous audience. Yep. Now, not only on the other side of this would that mean, and if they think about it, on the other side of this, that means more people would attend their class when, they, when, we, when restrictions go. And you can physically go to the place again. But they may have such a lovely and amazing product that their online courses you know, at a different price point or something uh, are now available to 5,000 people, whereas normally they could only teach a few hundred people. That's right. Yeah, this is, this is, where, this is what, you, what you started off talking about is what's the silver lining in this and what's, what's the benefit of what you do now for when we come out of the corona issue. You know, whether it's, whether it's 18 months, six months, whatever it is, um, you can be sowing the seeds now for a, 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 an even a stronger turnaround and... and and a wider audience and a, and a, a not, a, you know, instead of it being a local thing that was determined by who could physically get to your gym to do a Pilates class, mm -hmm. you've suddenly got an audience mm -hmm. that's international. And, and, and if you get, if they're loyal enough and people can be incredibly loyal to Pilates teachers or yoga, yoga instructors, people they connect with in that area yes. who, the, who they, you know, it's yes. like, it's like being loyal to a hairdresser, you know, or, or a priest, you know, or a psychologist or a therapist. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's, there is there is room for, or there's reason to be circumspect and kind of be generous now because because it could have big rewards later on. Yeah, and and look, don't even do it for that reason. You know, do it because you can. Yeah, do it because look at the technology and say, wow, there is, and maybe the challenge isn't uh, 
that they haven't thought about this. It's, it's just that they haven't seen that this is a possibility of the technology. The scalability of technology isn't apparent to them. They're just, again, thinking about continuity of their business. Mm. And I agree, that is the most important factor for an organisation. But not only putting that content out, and I'm not talking about just gyms or dance classes, I'm talking about everybody. Putting out content that is beneficial to everybody possible. That, that is a huge trust-earning uh, tool. And we talk about that, again, before COVID happened. We talk about, to our clients, what are you putting out that is beneficial? You know, and, it, and some of the conversations we used to push, and you, ne- you would never, ever, you'd get 100% pushback on this idea. Talk about other good products in your space. Yeah. Talk about other good providers in your space. Mm, right? mm. No one ever did that, mm. ever before. Mm. You know? And now you're seeing little bits of, okay, well, you can't buy our toilet paper or, or, or this meat, buy this, buy this other product. It's, a, it's around because you, don't want, you don't, really don't want to see people miss out. And again, I, I'm not seeing enough of that. Yep. Um, you know, it, if your product is good, you know, capture an audience, build the trust and, and people will buy it. If, if you're in a situation where, you know, regardless, no matter what you do, your earnings are going to be severely restricted and curtailed uh, for the time being, then that's not a bad time, as you're saying. You know, if, if it doesn't make that much difference to you, whether you allow people on uh, who haven't paid a subscription or who aren't an existing client... Uh, then why not do it? It's like it's like all this office space that's been vacated, and there's a problem with healthcare workers, frontline workers, partic- not so much in Australia because fortunately, you know, thus far we've we've managed this and we don't have an overloaded health system. But in countries where they do have an overloaded health system, th- instead of frontline workers going back and inf- potentially infecting their families, you know, what about letting them use accommodation or office space even that can be quickly converted? And give it to them for free because as a society, you need their service. So help them out where you mm. can. You know, it's just an example of, of what you're talking about. Give something now because, and you don't even really want to say that it's, it's, it's a karmic thing and goes around, comes around because, no, because that's implying that you actually do expect something back. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. I think do it because it's right. And because you can. And because because you, yeah, you can. exactly. Because you yeah. can. And, and you're not losing anything by doing it. Yeah, and look, the the speed at which platforms, information and services were scaled to a global level already happened. Now, local products and services have an, a, an opportunity to advance and see what that looks like very quickly. Again, these are just ideas that I think are going to happen anyway because that's the way that these these systems and these platforms organically evolve. People test those things out, they get a huge response because people are very, you know, those positive impacts have a powerful position and you don't need something to come from it on the other side. We're just going through this evolution of technology and platforms very quickly and we're going to see what happens. Maybe some of this stuff on, in hindsight will be reflected and go, okay, well, maybe that wasn't the best idea. But it's, it's now those are the opportunities that can happen very quickly and for individual businesses... Again, they can scale into areas, maybe not globally, but maybe, uh, you know, if you couldn't get a, an incredible Pilates class, you know, in the remote country, now you can. Yeah, sure. You know, those are the sort of people that you want to touch and, and, and just expand those ideas and, um, you know, that sort of thinking and uh, things that promote health and benefits. I'm, I'm all for that. Yep. Michael, how do you think the remote learning is going to go for, for kids at school? Uh, you're, you're probably like, you're, well. You're in the same boat as a lot of people, including myself. Where as of as of mm. next week in Victoria, uh, we're going to be going into a, a pretty big social experiment. Um, 
how do you reckon, how do you reckon that's going to go? Because I, I I suspect it may not go that smoothly for for a lot of people. And and I and the, the areas that I'm concerned about are actually kind of quite practical and technical. Like, do they have the right software, and can they make the the teleconferencing software work? They're aiming to simulate a school classroom online, basically through a screen. How uh, how well have you seen the government roll out technology yeah. for anything before? Mm. Exactly, and and I right. Well, look, we 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 have we have government we have government clients mm. here, and uh, the, the the difference is though, you know, to, there was a little bit pessimistic. The difference is everybody has to try this. It's not like you know the software that they log into for the information on the school curriculum and stuff. This is uh, a necessity. So I think we're going to see some clunkiness. I think we're going to see a massive learning curve, uh, and. You know, I have an incredible bias towards technology, so it's probably easier for me to see how that works in our house. But I think it's going to be challenging, but uh, let's see. Mm. It's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. Mm. And that, I suppose, brings us to, you know, how people are spending this time in lockdown. Um, and I just scribbled down some notes ahead of this conversation with you. But, you know, what are some good things that you can do if your business, is, if your job has been put on hold? Uh, and uh, there's obviously there's some people who can work from home. There's some people who've actually um, been stood down and don't have a, a kind of paid job to get on with at home. And I was just writing down, you know, things that you can do like online courses. You can get educated. You could learn a language. And these are th- sort of things that I've heard people doing, actually. You know, like um, I heard of a, a grandmother and her granddaughter are going to do French classes together online, you know, because it's just something that they, they both have kind of harbored a, an interest in in French and picking up a language, and that's something they can do together. So it's probably just as much about them spending some online time together as as learning a new language. But what are your thoughts about working from home? I mean, a lot of people are doing this. Uh, what sort of software would you be uh, would you be suggesting people use for for teleconferencing? If you want to get into a computer remotely, are you going to use uh, what 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 software are you going to use to do that? Just give us a little bit of, of your insights into the practicality of, of being at home, working or not, but, but being productive and using your time wisely. Big question first, you know, how do I do it? Um, those that already know how uh, are, are going to be pretty confident in figuring out what they like to do and, and, you know, sort of falling into something in the next couple of weeks that they like doing. Yep. And, and that will be connecting through digital technology, you know, through, through either apps or their phone or through iPads or their computer at home. You know, the things that they like to do or they'll spend more time on, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say whether one is better or more productive than another or give ideas on French versus Fortnite, you know. All of those ideas are out there. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as you're enjoying it, you're going to find something to, to occupy yourselves, and you know, look as a as a society. Hopefully, we're moving forward, uh, you know, collective on, on collective knowledge, no, no matter which pathway people are going down. Um, the, the, if if you've got a challenge in how do I get on or what do I do, those are the conversations where you need to reach out to uh, friends, family, old friends, anybody that you know um, that may have uh, some advice and and be able to assist in terms of ideas and uh, technology to talk you through your personal situation or your personal uh, uh, you know things that you may like to do and how to do them because you know again I've spoken to so many people and helped you know my uh, uh, 
older friends and family help get them online to do something slightly different mm. and uh, those little things you know the learning curve at the start is extremely hard and then I got a great story of a friend engineering friend of mine uh, we went to university to get together you know she taught her mum how to do uh, uh, Google Hangouts uh, and meetings and then um, she, you know she can hear her mum her, uh, her elderly mum in the other room you know telling her uh, uh, you know gorgeous knitting circle on you know then you press this button and then you open up this on the phone you know to give them again that that's that's a spreading of how technology is uh you know if if you can teach one person that is the opportunity here really really help um people be able to use a piece of technology just a little bit better and uh, and that, that then it's uh you know that learning curve at the start isn't so daunting um but Look, bear in mind, don't, use, don't, don't just go to technology. I see the number of people walking around uh, uh, my suburb, you know, doing the right thing in, uh, you know, walking with their family, uh, you know, dad's pushing prams like me, um, walking around the block. I think all of those activities have, have got a benefit here as well, you know, that, that life contemplation and simplicity is, uh, is around as well, reading books, uh, you know, enjoying time with your kids, you know, the challenge of that learning environment kids aren't used to seeing both parents home all the time if if, if that's the family setup um, or, or even the working parent home so all of a sudden they've got uh, a, a high level of uh, an adult communication that's happening and I think of my my little son Reuben who's two uh, you know and he's the he, he's the he's the last of our kids and uh, he you know his language in the last few weeks has gone up astronomically why because he's got uh, uh, two parents around to talk to mm. him and uh, and provide him with new words that he can try mm. out, some some good, some you know, not so good. But you know, <laughs> he's, he- he's hearing more conversation between adults, basically. Exactly, mm. and uh, that that's uh, you know, we don't know how all of those things will play mm. out. So I'm not here again. I'm not one to give advice on what to to do specifically, but definitely assist in in helping people with technology and non-technology yeah, yeah, discussions yeah. is I think is where yeah, it's I at. think there's a lot of people who've been doing that uh, younger people who, who've got a few more smarts with technology helping uh, their parents or, or grandparents learn how to how to, to get around isolation by using technology I mean that's a, that's a that's a conversation that's happening all the time and in fact that would be a, a pretty useful service or website or, or podcast to actually have which if you could really put it out there and just say these are this is a really simple tool just like click on this button and it will sort of take you through you know a three-step process because if they're in isolation and they're the most in they're at the most the high risk uh, end of the spectrum with COVID-19 uh, mm-hmm. you know and and if they're if they're a widower or if they're, they're on their own they're the ones who really I think are feeling this because they sense they feel a sense of actual danger if they break if they break their isolation so they, they you know Absolutely. so there's a real sort of psychological difference that we we can go down to the supermarket we can do our shopping you know it may feel a little bit stressed when we're doing it but we can actually do that they really can't even do that uh, and you know you just have to try to organize uh, Coles online deliveries at the moment and you realize that uh, all their all their capacity is being taken up delivering to the elderly at the moment but even even then you know what who of the elderly are comfortable getting on on calls online? They've never done that. That's right. That's another before. job for the grandchildren or for the for the children to take care of. So here's an opportunity for you to reach out to your local community and knock on the door of the elderly person in your street and say, "Have you got family around that are helping? Can I assist with anything? Can I walk you through on the phone? Um, you know how to use." 
technology to connect if you're frustrated on anything. Mm. Again, we, we don't have to break uh, uh, you know, the, the rules in place to help stop spread, um, but these are relatively simple conversations to have. Um, and and you know, I've seen people drop off um, little cards to, to neighbours uh, that say, Here, here's my number, and if I can assist on, on technology or a, a shopping pickup or something. Like yeah, that. no, it's, it's, it's really good to hear those stories. I think that uh, gives you a lot of faith in, in humanity. Michael, have you got some other stuff you'd particularly like to cover today? The largest single opportunity here is, um, is around, you know, what do you know as an organisation or a business that can really help people? And that is the type of information that you should be putting out uh, in, in, t- in terms of building trust. Mm. Uh, if you're working on that now in terms of your social and your online traffic and the, and the information sort of blogging or, or video content that you can put out, that is what's going to translate very well. And if you haven't uh, stepped into social media or content marketing, now you have time. And this is the perfect time. Everyone has got a lot of knowledge. Uh, build your audience around that. And uh, people that already trust you are going to be very interested in what you have to say around the, your products and services. Do you, have a, do you know of any good courses that people can do, paid or unpaid, that they, can, uh, you know, that they could sit down, given they've got this time, to hone their skills because not many people have got you're you're in quite a i mean it shouldn't be like this but i think it's still true you've you've got quite a rarefied skill set even now in this digital age that we live in you can read a blog site you can do a course Mm. i get this question a Mm. lot like what do i do to Mm. learn and it is it is push through find a way because if if you can see kids you know eight and under, I'm thinking about my kids, that just get onto technology and figure it Mm. out. And I know that they've grown up with Mm. it, but it is, in terms of uh, how complicated it is, it's it's honestly not that complicated. It's not like, you know, the the age-old problem of, I don't know how to program my VCR, right? That is a hugely, you know, most people still don't know how to do that, right, back in the Mm. day. But this is, these are platforms that have been designed that are relatively easy once you start to use them for a purpose, okay? It's very difficult if you don't have a purpose. But if you do, and hey, I want to put content out, right? You figure it out. Yep. You do. And, and, and they're not that hard. You know, it's, okay, I've got to work out where that button goes and where that goes. But think about the benefit to your mind in challenging it to understand how these new logical pathways work. It, it, that is a, a astronomical benefit to how you know minds like to be treated and exercised. Yep. Uh, that is that is something that can be a benefit. And uh, look, <laughs> some of it's extremely fluffy. Okay, well, we think about Instagram and we think about TikTok and these platforms that have all this silly content out there. Well, not silly, but you know, influencer-based, visual-based, you know, bikinis and food and things that have happened in the past. But these platforms are actually extremely powerful to produce content and generate an audience, even if you don't feel like. I'm going to have millions of followers. It doesn't matter, you know. It's the 20 people that you can that you can share your knowledge with that are going to care. Mm. All right. Well, thank you very much to Michael Simonetti, the CEO of And Mind Digital Agency, based in Melbourne, but also around Australia and, and internationally. Great to chat, Michael. And uh, let's let's do this again and keep the conversation rolling. Thanks, Piers. Lovely talking to you as well. Okay. Mate. Cheers. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. 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 Infinity.
Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.